0: Welcome to the Bible in the News from Jerusalem, Israel. This is Paul Billington speaking with you in this city which the prophet Zechariah says shall be called the city of truth. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 3. That is the destiny of this city, a city which will be filled with people who know the truth and live the truth. But today it's not so. I have spent three days this week at the Jerusalem conference held at the Regency Hotel on Mount Scopus. We listened to many speakers, political leaders, journalists, rabbis as they addressed various aspects of the conference theme which was New Leadership, New Directions. Well, Israel certainly needs new leadership, but what we heard was men and women, the so-called experts who clearly believed in Israel's own strength, in its army, and in its ability to negotiate. For the most part, you could say that there was lip service to the God of Israel, and indeed to the vision of the prophets, as the director of the conference quoted, from out of Zion shall go out Torah, and the word of God from Jerusalem. This, we know, will come to pass but not until the hearts of this people have been turned to the ways of their fathers. But what is happening here today is that these people are looking and searching for new solutions and for new directions. They desperately want peace, but the way of peace they know not. In fact, the peace that they seek seems to be as elusive as ever as the world becomes more and more hostile towards the Jewish state. One aspect of this, which was discussed at the conference in Jerusalem, concerns the United Nations, the United Nations organization which continuously casts Israel as the main villain in the modern world. This was referenced by the assistant editor of the Jerusalem Post, Caroline Glick, when she said that the United Nations was waging a political war against Israel with the goal of destroying the nation. How can we not bring to mind the words of Joel chapter 3 verse 2 and Zechariah chapter 14 verse 2, when we see all nations gathering against this city and against this nation? This is how Caroline Glick expressed it in her address to the conference.
1: Of what is to come with the Obama administration. It was not the last gasp of Condoleezza Rice. It was the first breath of Susan Rice, the new U.S. ambassador to the U.N. that has received cabinet ranking for her position. I think that Israel, going forward, must not assume that the United States will veto the.
0: If Caroline Glick is right and Israel loses the support of the United States, then the picture becomes very bleak for this nation and its people. Who will help to protect her from her enemies? More than once we heard the words of Psalm 120, verses 6 and 7 quoted in addresses at this conference. My soul hath long dwelt dwelt with, with him that hateth peace. I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. Well, we saw on display the crumpled remains of Kassam rockets. We heard the news of ceasefire violations in the south. Yes, peace still seems a long way off. So speaker after speaker gave their views on the situation. And with only just over a week to go before the election of a new government here, the speeches got a little fiery at times. We listened to the former chief of staff, Moshe Ya'alon, to university professors, to political leaders like Benjamin Netanyahu, Dr. Uzi Landu, uh, M.K. Eli Yishai. We we heard the former prisoner of Zion, Natan Sharansky, championing the virtues of democracy and freedom, to journalists like Melanie Phillips of Britain's Daily Mail and, of course, the rabbis. It was a feast of ideas, analysis, and suggested solutions. But on one point, nearly all speakers favoured the unity of Jerusalem under Israeli sovereignty. Jerusalem should not be divided, they insisted. History and archaeology were brought into the argument for this one. We heard Dr. Elat Mazar, the archaeologist, describe how the remains of the palace of King David had been found here in Jerusalem something we hope to cover further in the Bible magazine. One thing that strikes you in digesting all this is the fact that in returning to this land, the Jewish people are returning to biblical facts. They are being brought face to face with their ancient scriptures and with the realities contained therein. The majority of speeches were delivered in Hebrew, of course, though an English translation was provided. In the address about leadership for Israel given by the chairman of a new political party in Israel Yaakov Katz, a very significant statement was made namely that God was the real leader of Israel. Here is part of his speech you will hear the female translator speaking in English In the text following uh, is adapted from the translation.
2: I would like to propose a better leadership you. I think Bugi and Gilad Gilad spoke more about Judaism, Uh, Bugi spoke about the 60s of Zionism. I would like to speak about leadership. I studied in the school of Rabbi and Cook, he said that Abraham said, I am nothing. I am dust. And he said, and what are we? We're nothing. And King David said about himself, I am a worm, not a person. So the first need is humility for leadership, knowing that you are the servant of the public and you have nothing to boast about. You are nothing in, in yourself uh, uh, compared with all of Israel. So people look back at the leaders we had 60 years ago, and some remember that also we have Judaism. But in my vision, I see the uh, Israeli leadership to lean as, as leaning on King David. And King David is called Adino Haetzni in the Gemara. He is uh, described as someone who studied Torah, and when he studied Torah, he would become gentle, and when he uh, went out to fight he became as strong as a tree. We need leaders who will be learned people on the one hand, and uh, heroes in the battlefield on the other hand. If Gilad has something good in him, it is he uh, think that from what he was learning it's in the team uh, you can see that on him, and even though for the past years he's, been, he's gone elsewhere, Still, they hadn't managed to extinguish the, the flame that has been ignited in him in the fifth As a young man, I've always known that the people of Israel go back to the uh, land of Israel, not today. It started thousands, thousands of years ago. This is not a private business. We have a supreme leader who is uh, God in heaven, he is the one who took us to exile and he is the one who brings us back to uh, Israel, he told us that through the Torah and to the prophets. Everything we see today started with the prophets' vision. Don't run away. No, 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 I have to, to go on in the consultation. Nerea will be able to answer you. Yes, we'll have many years of debates together. What we see today is the fulfillment of the vision of the Prophet, the people of Israel comes back after thousands of years.
0: Such words are significant, for in spite of a general widespread unbelief, there are signs here and there of the beginnings of a spiritual awakening, not a complete awakening, and certainly no recognition of their true Messiah. But there is a recognition of God's hand at work. We think of Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. Uh, The children of Israel would abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, without an ephod, and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. May it be that this people who today walk in darkness may soon see the great light of truth, that this city will at last be filled with people who believe and know the truth, both Jew and Gentile joined together as one in Christ Jesus, the Son of David. Join us again next week, God willing, at BibleInTheNews.com